Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it again, episode 126. For the love of the game, let's get this working. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. You don't really got no. She just poked it out on the D-Lo I'm saying you versus me, yo We can do this right here In front of your people See time is money, kid And BS walks And to me, it's funny, kid When you meet heads talk I see Fed star They want to dig up the dirt Son, is it me, they hawk? Cause I be putting you know it is? It's episode 126 for the love of the game It's ATH Back in the saddle Back behind the mic And, uh, yeah The New York Yankees season has come to an end A topsy Turby Yankee season has gone by the wayside. They lose to the Red Sox 6-2 to two in the wild card game. Just going out like a whimper. And out like a whimper. After we were so excited about that sweep in Boston and taking two or three from the dangerous Toronto Blue Jays, they then get smoked by Tampa Bay two games in the Bronx. They win on the last day of the regular season. Aaron Judge with the game-winning RBI to set them up with the one-game playoff with the Red Sox. They go into Fenway Park, the $300 million man, making $36 million a year. Garrett Cole, somebody who I'm a big fan of, absolutely shits the bed, pees all over himself, doesn't even make it out of the third inning, and the Yankees lose 6-2. to two. There's just there's a lot to talk about right now with this, and we're gonna get into it with one of tonight's guests. Uh, we got two two guests on this episode, as I mentioned last week. We're gonna start diving into the NBA, so that's gonna be one guest. But obviously, we're gonna have to talk about this Yankees situation because it's an absolute mess. Cole gave us absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't want to hear about the injury excuse. I don't want to hear it. All right. He had a couple of starts to get right with the hamstring, and he was bad down the stretch, and he just got, has to be better. Has to be better. Can't have it. You can't, you can't have that, especially if you're being paid what he's being paid. And before the season, when ESPN puts out a poll, who's the ace in New York between him and Jacob DeGrom? I mean, DeGrom's laughing right now. I know DeGrom has been hurt, but come on. Garrett Cole's got to be better. But it wasn't just him. It wasn't just him. It was the offense was anemic. Besides for Judge and Stanton, who else was really scary in that lineup? I mean, Stanton was incredible in that night. He hit like three balls that somehow didn't go over the wall. I mean, especially the second one when they were down 3-1. We'll get to this play in a second. Down 3-1, he crushes one basically six inches higher, and that ball's out. That ball's probably out in most of the stadiums in the U.S., but because of the green monster, the way it plays, didn't go out. Well, that really sucked. So Stanton was great. Judge was dangerous. but besi- And Judge didn't have a great night at the plate. But besides for them, 
and and Rizzo Rizzo hit the home run. But besides for them, the bottom of the order did absolutely squat. They got one hit, and it was a dribbler that went about five feet. All right, just just awful. The offense was completely anemic. You can't blame it on the bullpen. You want to lament about Chad Green? Chad Green didn't close the season out great, but this wasn't about the bullpen because the game was over by then. The team didn't hit. Garrett Cole stunk. And that that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. As I mentioned, the Stanton hit the rocket when it was 3-1. Judge's on first base. Gets thrown out at the plate. He easily got to hold him there. Phil Nevin has to hold him there, especially the way the left field plays. Then you would have had second and third, one out. With all the momentum, down three to one, would have been a much different ball game. And you knew that after the Yankees got thrown out of the play, they should say Aaron Judge got thrown out of the plate after that play happened, that they were not coming back in this game. They were not coming back in this game. It just wasn't going to happen. That play sucked the life out of them. Absolutely sucked the life out of them. And they went down like a whimper. But for all the people, and I mentioned it last time, and it gets reiterated this time. For all the people who were anti-Giancarlo Stanton, you really don't have much to say right now because he carried us. He carried us the last month of the year. But now we go to the larger issues at hand with the New York Yankees. Now that this season's over, here's some larger issues. This roster is incredibly flawed, right? Incredibly flawed. Besides for Judge and Stanton, who are the blue chippers on this roster that play every day? I know Garrett Cole is bad, but Garrett Cole is still a blue chipper, right? Well, who are the blue chippers on the roster? This is a very expensive roster, for a roster that's not producing, all right? Stan makes a lot of money. Cole makes a lot of money. Judge is about to make a lot of money. For an ownership group that is been a little weary about spending money and going above the, the luxury tax, where's the help coming from here? Where's the help coming from? You hope they re-sign Rizzo. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He fits the team like a glove. It's just a bit of an issue right now. Brian Cashman has got a lot to think about this offseason, a lot to think about. Bring back Rizzo has to be your priority, right? Now, once you bring back Rizzo, he's entrenched in first base, right? Judge and Stanton are going to be around. What are you doing with center field? What are you doing at center field? Gallo can't come back. You got to find somebody to take him because he's going to be a free agent, I believe, Next offseason, he can't be a long-term fixture. He doesn't make contact enough, all right? He swings and misses a bunch. Yeah, he had 38 homers this year, but it's about the worst 38 homer season in the history of baseball. And his at-bats were absolutely putrid, absolutely putrid in the game against Boston. All right? So what are you doing in the outfield? Brett Gardner, it's been time to get rid of him. For a long time now, they can't bring him back. You can't bring Brett Gardner back. Let's not run this back, all right? So now if you have Rizzo at first base, you have LeMay who signed. So he's either going to play second base or third base. So then what are you doing at shortstop? 
What are you doing at shortstop? Because the Yankees have farm system, you know, high-level prospects at shortstop. Are they going to go out and spend for a shortstop? I mean, I've contended that one of the biggest mistakes they've made is letting D, D. Gregorius go when they let him go that offseason, which made no sense at the time and is rearing its ugly head now. Okay, so now you have a – be that as it may, you have this logjam, right? Is Torres going to be on the team? Is Urshela going to be on the team? You're going to have to choose one because Urshela is not a long-term solution at shortstop. They still need to figure that out. And Torres can't play shortstop. One of those guys have to go if you're bringing back Rizzo, which you absolutely have to do. You absolutely have to do because you need left-handed hitters. Unless you're going to go out and get Corey Seager, which I'm not sure the Dodgers would give up on Corey Seager because why would they? They spend endless amounts of money, and they're awesome. You got to do something. You got to do something. And that brings me to Brian Cashman. First of all, the first move that he's got to make is Aaron Boone has to go. Aaron Boone has to go. This team has not gotten better in the four years since he's been the manager. They were one win away from the World Series in 2017. That was under Joe Girardi, right? And everybody had their issues with Joe Girardi. I had my issues with Joe Girardi. Was I in favor of letting Joe Girardi go at that time? Yes, I was. I was okay bringing Aaron Boone, who knows? But now the Aaron Boone experiment is over, right? It's got to be over. It has to be over because they haven't gotten better. This is the New York freaking Yankees, all right? We hold ourselves to a higher standard. It's the most prestigious sports franchise in the history of professional sports, all right? You can't settle for this mediocrity. And Aaron Boone has the gall to say this. So I love the way we've competed and showed up the last couple of months. But the other message is that, you know, the league's closed the gap on us. You know, we got to get better. We got to we got to get, you know, better um, at, at in every aspect at just getting a little bit better. What gap is he talking about? All right. That it's closed on, on the Yankees. They've been surpassed by the Rays. The Red Sox have eliminated them two out of the last four years. What gap is he talking about? There's no gap. We're lagging behind. All right. And the Blue Jays are coming. The Blue Jays are young and they're coming and they're willing to spend money. So what something's got to give. And that brings me to Brian Cashman. Back to Brian Cashman. It's time for his ass to go. It's been long enough. He's been there long enough. He, he started out as the general manager when Bill Clinton was in office, all right? It's a long-ass time ago. It's time for a change. And the last thing I'll say about this is it may be time for the Steinbrenners to sell. It may be time, all right? They are sitting on the most valuable asset in pro sports, the most valuable asset, the New York freaking Yankees that prints money like you have no idea. And right now, the crosstown rival has an owner that is willing to spend. 
And this ownership group is not willing to do that like the other owner, all right? Now, the Mets have their own problems. But Steve Cohen is going to open up his checkbook. And I know that the Yankees are the main source of income for the Steinbrenners at this point. I, I believe that's the case. And the Yankees make oodles upon oodles of money. If you want the team to get better, it's time to spend. You got to get a center fielder. You got to figure out what you're doing in shortstop. You got to fire the manager and eat whatever money's left on the contract. All right. These are the things you have to do if you want to win. Because the Yankees cannot run this back. They just can't. It's stale. It's gross. No one likes it. All right. They'll win you games in the regular season, but it's not winning in the playoffs. It's not. We've seen it the last four years. Out like a whimper. Gary Sanchez, better be gone. Gallo, better be gone. You're going to have to choose between Torres and Urshela. That's the reality. I would pick Urshela. Trade Glaber Torres. I was for trading Glaber Torres at the deadline. I would do it now, all right? Get whatever you can get, all right? Time to spend some money on a shortstop. Time to spend some money on a center fielder. Time to spend some money on a manager. If I had to pick a manager, it'd be Buck Showalter or Carlos Beltran. Those would be my choices. And I think it's time for Brian Cashman to go. But anyway, RIP to the Yankees season. It was a roller coaster like no other roller coaster uh, I've experienced with this Yankee team. It's, it was really, uh, you know, you had ebbs and flows, but it, it's time for change. And it's time for the Yankees to not view themselves as the big, bad Yankees. Because they haven't been the big, bad Yankees in a long-ass time, all right? There's this false arrogance that the team has, the organization has it, and sometimes we, the fans, have it too. They haven't been to the World Series since 2009. They've won one division title since 2014. It's time. It's time for a change. You got to look in the mirror and figure some shit out. And it should start with all those changes I proposed. All those changes that I proposed, clean house, and, and we got to be better. You got to be better. And also can send those analytic nerds out of the front office too because their three-outcome strategy that the Yankees have really leaned into is bullshit and it doesn't work. It's time for a change. Sweeping changes must occur for the Yankees going forward. Anyway, so yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more with uh, one of tonight's guests. I don't want to talk too much about the NBA because we're going to be previewing the Eastern Conference in just a matter of moments. But there's one thing I'm hearing a lot about, and maybe it's because I'm listening to too much Bill Simmons and a little Zach Lowe. But this notion that this Celtics team is projected to finish ahead of the Knicks in the standings, based on what? Based on what? It is ridiculous. A first-year head coach over Tibbs, who produces in the regular season? Really? We doing that? And this notion that Jason Tatum is like this up-and-coming MVP candidate is ridiculous. Again, we'll get into all of this a little bit later on, but I I just can't believe why people are slobbering over the knobs of the Boston Celtics and their roster and and thinking the Knicks are going to be in the play-in game and Boston is going to be a three-seed. It's fucking ridiculous. 
One last thing, a little bit of Giants positivity. Got their first win of the year last week against the um, New Orleans Saints. Saints are a tough place to play in New Orleans. And the Giants really uh, went in there. We're down 11 in the fourth quarter, came back to win. Saquon Barkley looked great. I mean, they used him in the passing game. He looks like he's getting a little bit more confident in his legs. He's looking healthier. And Daniel Jones, I'm a skeptic, but he's played a really clean brand of football. He's thrown one interception. I mean, he did throw one at the end of the first half, which was a Hail Mary. We're not counting that. He's thrown one interception. He's lost one fumble. He's played really, really clean football to the point where he's top four in terms of pro football's focus in terms of passing grades for quarterbacks, along with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and I'm forgetting who the fourth one is, but it may be Dak Prescott, but whatever. Unbelievable that Daniel Jones is in that company. Will it sustain itself? I don't know. But there seems to be some Giants buzz, some positivity brewing, especially because they play better on the road than they do at home. We'll get that into that in just a second when we do week five's picks against the spread. Week four was an absolute disaster, but we turned the page. That's what we do. Uh, and yeah, and kudos to the Jets for getting their first win too. Character win. Wasn't pretty. It looked like they were going to blow the game seven times. Zach Wilson showed you some stuff. He made that unbelievable throw to Corey Davis. And yeah, kudos to the Jets and Giants for getting wins on Sunday. All right, so before we get into tonight's guests, the week five picks against the spread. As I mentioned just moments ago, week four was an abject disaster. One and four. It's just been awful, terrible, no excuses. But here we go. We don't quit. On to the next one. We start off with the Panthers. Minus three and a half against the Eagles. Panthers defense is good. I know Christian McCaffrey probably won't play, but love the Panthers in this spot. It's really a bet against the Eagles that before the season started, I thought the Eagles were going to be crap. And it looks like I may be right. So that's uh, pick number one. Number two, got the Raiders minus five and a half against the Bears at home. I I mean, I know the Bears won Sunday. I had the Lions, but the Lions easily could have covered that game. Justin Fields had moments, but... This isn't the Lions. The Bears aren't at home. This is uh, the Vegas Raiders, who I think are pretty good. I think they're pretty good, and I just don't trust the Bears on the road. Uh, Three, I've got the Chargers at home minus one and a half against the Browns. Now, I know Miles Garrett is an absolute monster. And besides for Aaron Donald, he's the best defensive lineman in the league right now. I get it, but Justin Herbert is really special. Really, really special. The Chargers O-line has been solid. And I don't understand how, given the way Baker Mayfield's playing, how the Chargers are only laying one and a half at home. I think that's a little ridiculous. At four, I got the Baltimore Ravens minus seven against the Colts. I was on Miami last week. The Colts took it to them. But this is a different beast. Baltimore is three and one. Miami's not very good. And I don't think the Colts are very good. So I got Baltimore laying the seven and last but not least and i'm i hope i don't regret this but the giants plus seven against the dallas cowboys it's in dallas the giants have played better on the road than at home daniel jones stats are unbelievable on the road they're not nearly as good at home the giants are 11 and 2 against the spread in their last 13 on the road so that's rounding out this week's pick five panthers minus three and a half Raiders minus five and a half, Chargers minus one and a half, 
Baltimore minus seven, Giants plus seven. Let's have ourselves a week in picks against the spread because the current trend needs to flip around. That will take us to uh, next segments. We're going to bring on a, a recurring guest to talk about the Yankees. And then we're going to bring on another recurring guest to preview the Eastern Conference playoffs because NBA season is back and your boy's excited. And it's time to kick that off in just a matter of moments. I mentioned it in the monologue. Given the topsy turviness of the Yankees season, it's only right to bring back on my Yankees guest, recurring guest, Andrew Sender, to eulogize this Yankees season. Andrew, it's over. The roller coaster is over. What say you? Um, I mean, this was uh, this was a rough one, not not too fun. Uh, a lot of late nights watching this team and just nail biters against really bad teams. I mean, they just clearly weren't a good team, and uh, they sucked me in, and uh, I feel extremely defeated. <laughs> it was for some strange reason I had an emotional attachment to these knuckleheads more so than I can remember in a while and just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. So let's talk about the game that is. And then obviously there's some bigger picture Yankees thoughts that we're, that we'll discuss, but the game itself, um, obviously Garrett Cole wasn't very good. Uh, we had the, the play with, um, you know, Phil Nevin waving judge home, but, but, what to you was like the defining moment of the game where you were just like, all right, this is, this isn't happening because remember not that long ago, they went into Yankee to Fenway park, swept the three game series, uh, beat up Evaldi for like seven runs. And you're like, Oh, maybe. Honestly. And I say this like completely truthfully, the defeating moment was the, the first at-bat against Schwarber, it was, I think it was a 2-2 count, and he throws him a 98-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. Schwarber pops it up, but from that pitch on, it, it was just, it, it just felt like he just didn't have it, and then you get to the Devers at-bat. He's got a mo 2 He was afraid to yeah. pitch to Rafael Devers. You can't do that. We can't pay you $300 million to be afraid to be exact 324 to be exact to and to be afraid of a hitter that like that just that can't happen and it really does go back to the Schwarber at bat because he just didn't have it. you could see Schwarber's facial expression when he popped that ball up was like oh my god how did I just miss that like that was 98 down the middle on a 2-2 pitch and from there on I mean I it just, it didn't look good. It really didn't look good. I had bad feelings about it all day. My confidence was really low. And yeah, it was just, it was a rough game. It's funny you say the confidence was low because I felt more confident in them winning in Boston than them winning that final game in New York against Tampa. Because I just think Tampa has clowned them so many times over the years. I mean, right now, Boston has eliminated two, them two of the last four years, but I think Tampa clowns them in a way that no other team does. But yeah, it, to me, it, it was, the Devers at bat was, was bad. And obviously, him not getting through the third inning is, is rough. I, I don't want to hear the hamstring excuse. He had a month 
to figure that out. Uh, it's anybody who's using that as an excuse is, is just lying to themselves. And I'm a Garrett Cole guy, as you very well know. Uh, but to me, it was, I mean, the Phil Nevin play when uh, he sent Judge. And it was the whole thing. It wasn't just, you know, Nevin sending him. It was the fact that if that ball's hit six inches higher, that ball's out. And we're not even talking about it. It's a tie game. It was just like you knew after that 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 it was it was done. Like I don't want to hear about about the decision to pitch Chad Green at that spot four one. Like it was done by then already. It was it was finished. And to me, the Devers at bat and the Nevin um, sending Judge was was it. But so let me ask you this. Obviously, we're fans. We want our teams to win. You know, we, we don't actively ever really want our teams to lose when, especially in a elimination game in a playoff game. But are you a little relieved that this is over? Like just a little bit. I I've been saying for the last month, I, I mean, I love the Yankees and I always said, if they make it into the playoffs, I am rooting for them, you know, giving them my full fandom. But am I going to say that I am so sad that they lost? No, I am actually really happy i was sad when they lost they They deserved deserved it they were not a good baseball team and i think i truly think this will be the like the 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 spark to change that we need in this in this organization so that that's that's the perfect segue right so if i gave you a list of off the off-season wish list right it looks something like this. Power rank these issues. Firing Boone. Firing Cashman. A new center fielder. Another starter. Shortstop. And keeping Rizzo. Where would you power rank the, uh, the levels of most important to least important? That was a lot. But I definitely know what the most important is. The most important is... And I, I hate saying this because it's not his fault, really, even though I don't like the guy, but it's just a culture thing. It needs to happen. And I, I, I think that either Cashman, I'd prefer to fire Boone, but Cashman would also be nice. But the problem is with Cashman, and this is why the Yankees will never fire him, is that the second he gets fired, he will have a job two seconds later, and then the Yankees will feel like they're kicking themselves. But who cares? Who cares the Yankees Why care because it's matter? an image it's their image the Yankees want to have the best guy and they think Cashman's the best guy Cashman might be the best guy but not for this team right now what we okay, need so Cashman can't it's deliver a mutual breakup fine no this I, I that like it's a PR disaster I think that's crazy he's been employed by the team as a general manager since the Clinton administration it's a long ass time yeah, no, and, and to be honest, it's been too long because what he's done, and I, I hate saying this, but it's true. The 09 Yankees, the only reason why they won is because they had unlimited money to spend. I could have done that job. I could have gone out and signed Sabathia and Teixeira. I could do that. That's not and hard. Burnett, and Burnett, you could, up and that's, down. That's easy. That's easy. What I want to see is I want to see the development in the, in the, in the organization. Where are and I'm I don't I'm not saying this I want exactly what they had in the 90s, but where are our homegrown guys that are just gonna rip it up and have a core of homegrown? Because right now 
There's only one dude on this team that is homegrown, that has actually been who's something. Yeah. Who's, who's one of three people that are keepers right now. One of three people that are keepers. So it is just it well, really Seth, well. In fairness, Severino got hurt, but right now it's it's really just Judge. Yes, but like honestly, I, in my eyes, I see it as three guys that are on this team next year. Everyone else, you got to be open. You got to be open. And I'd even you know what? And I'll even add Loisaga in there, just because of how good this kid is and how dirty his stuff is. But mm-hmm. the four guys are Judge, Stan, Cole, and Loisaga. Everyone else. You aren't. You don't have a set spot on this team because no one has proved anything on this team. Everyone has underperformed in every aspect of the game except for those four. So you, if you had to power rank, you put firing Cashman over firing Boone because I would actually have firing Boone first, only because he's just such a wet blanket. He's a wet blanket, and you look at the contrast between him and a guy like Alex Cora, right? Yeah. Alex Cora, I mean, say what you want, whatever. He may be a cheat, but he's not a wet blanket, all right? And the team has gotten taken steps back since Girardi was fired. They've gotten worse. I, 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 he's got to go number one. Number two for me is bringing back Rizzo. Um, he's number two. Three would be, would be firing Cashman. Four would be... Uh, figuring out a center field situation. Five would be the new, st- a, a secondary starter. I mean, you got to like what you saw out of Severino out of the bullpen and maybe that he, um, he can be that real number two because the Kluber experiment really wasn't great. And six uh, is the shortstop thing. That, that's yeah. how I would rank it. The, the shortstop thing is uh, it's tricky because there's a couple ways you can play it. And like, you know, it's either you sign Rizzo or you go out and get yourself a shortstop. And depending on the price for Rizzo, maybe getting Rizzo isn't the worst thing. And then you just move LeMahieu to third and Urshela to short. Look, Urshela's proven that he can play shortstop. He didn't yeah, have but I don't think offense. you want him as your long-term shortstop. Plus, well, you want the left-handed hitters. because well, of course. Because Gallo, Gallo can't be on the team next year because he just swings and misses way too much. But way too much. Did this, and, they've, they've been trying to get Gallo for years, years. Cashman loves him. And this is the problem. And this is why, like, look, and look, I understand firing Boone. It needs to happen. And it, well, I shouldn't say fire, just break up. The breakup needs to happen. He, he can't be re-signed. But the problem is if they don't bring him back and then they go out and get another pup, and they, but then it's just the same thing. But if they fire Boone and maybe go get a Mike Sosha or a Buck Showalter, then you see change. But I'm Showalter scared. or Beltran, those are my picks. I'm just afraid that they're not going to make a change if they get rid of Boone. They're going to put in the same damn puppet that's just going to be get pulled by strings. Like, look, the Red Sox, they run through analytics, but Cora manages the game. Cora is using his instincts. He's looking at the analytics, using his instincts and going, okay, what do I think is the best move? And sometimes it backfires, but 90% of the freaking time it is working. And we're looking like idiots out there. Idiots. So you mentioned the shortstop thing, obviously assuming they bring back Rizzo because you need the left-handed presence. And he's just, he's just the personality type that the team needs. Okay. Now you have a log jam, 
All right. Because LeMayu signed long term. He's best suited as a second baseman. He could play third. He's best suited as a second baseman. Urshela and Glaber, one of them are going to have to go because you don't want Urshela playing the shortstop long term. And we all know that Glaber Torres can't play shortstop. If you had to pick one, who you choose him? It's so tough. It really is because, like, you don't, you just don't know. Like, I, I have a good feeling of what I know I get out of Urshela. I'm going to go, you know, it's a good range. It's like a 260 to 290, maybe 270 to 290 type hitter when he's healthy. And he wasn't healthy this year. Like, I give him the benefit of the doubt this year. He was not healthy, but he still produced more than Glaber. With Glaber, the ceiling is, I mean, 40 homers or what do you have? Eight this year? Nine? Like, I, I, I don't, I, I just, I don't know who I would, I, I don't even know how you choose. And at this point, also, Where's the value? Which one of them has more value? They don't have any value at this point. Urshela just had a down year. He's only been a true player for, what, three years? Torres has had, what, two consecutive horrible seasons. He looks lost. He can't field. I mean, you know, I don't know where the value is in these guys. And at this point, they're not getting paid so much to where it's almost like you can just keep both. And, you know, you could sub them in. You could do whatever. But I really think they need to go because look, they have a, they're really lucky that there are a lot of good shortstops coming off the books. They really are because they got options. They can really weigh their options with three of the best shortstops in the game right now. You have Story and Seeger and Correa. You got three dudes. Well, one of them hits left-handed. That is true, but that one who hits left-handed is going to ask for a lot of money and. You just don't know a Corey Seager. Corey Seager. I, I hear that. I'm not. I'm not sold on signing Seager, but you're going to have to find the left-handed hitter somewhere. So, are you going to do it in the outfield? Who are the left-handed hitter out hitting outfielders? Because Judge is going to be back, Stanton's going to be back, and we've realized that Stanton can play the field a little bit. So that's a little bit of flexibility. Where are the left-handed hitters coming from? Well, you also have Hicks. Hicks is coming back. He's a lefty. No, thanks. Or switch. No, I know. I, I hate Hicks, but the Yankees love him, and he will be starting on opening day. So that's just a given. And to be honest, you can live with having three lefties in, in the lineup. You can. That For Yankee Stadium, I know I'd probably want five or four, especially against a right-handed pitcher, but that's just the reality. And they dug themselves in too deep. No, like if you trade for Gleyber Torres right now, you're not getting anything. If you trade for Shelley, you're not getting anything. The you're just gonna. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, look, they have Volpe and Dominguez. Those are two guys that I think they seriously need to consider, like speeding up their process, because the Yankees have a knack of babying their prospects, and then they become 35 year olds when they come up, and then you wonder why they don't play well. So. Why not bring him up, maybe? Try Dominguez. Dominguez has been playing well. Volpe's been ripping it up. Volpe's been better than Dominguez, and Dominguez is the next big thing. Why not try Volpe in AAA? Why not try him in a couple games in the MLB? Let's test stuff out. Because the Yankees over the years have, have, have done you know, exceedingly poorly when it comes to their prospects. It's just, it's just a mess. Um, if I had to choose, I'd choose Urshela. Um, and I, I trade Glaber because you just mentioned that he has the 35 homer upside. Maybe you can get something more from that. 
And then Urshela could be a spot starter at shortstop. You play him at third, and then that's it. So I, my my hope is that the infield is going to look like Rizzo, LeMayu at second, shortstop, somebody, and Urshela, and somebody new at catcher because the Gary Sanchez experience also needs to come to an end. Um, I wanted to – obviously, this isn't going to be as in-depth of a conversation considering the season's over and we don't have that much to talk about, but – I want to run this by you, ask you a question, because I think this may be the real overarching theme hanging over the Yankees that I don't think a lot of people are discussing. Is it time for the Steinbrenners to sell? I've been saying it forever. So since it's time, right? I'm not crazy. George left and it's nothing against the family. And the family's only been good to this organization. But at the same time, like you, you have this team that is worth so much money and has the ability to spend because you have so much money. And there's a gazillion other people that would go out and buy this team right now in a a heartbeat and would spend money and do whatever. I don't believe the Steinbrenners actually give a – Given like literally give a shit about this team. I really don't think they do. I think they they want to make money, which in fairness, that's fine because it is a business. I can't yeah. say that you need to spend money. What George did was crazy. It's unheard of, and it will probably never be done again. It really probably will never be done again where you were just willing to spend every penny you own on the team. So I don't expect them to do that, but I expect more professionalism from this organization. Stop acting like you're the greatest. You haven't done anything, anything since 2009. And even in 2009, it was the first year that, or I mean, honestly, I'm probably getting confused with the years, but it was like a year where you just spent, you didn't do anything special. And it was the, and it was the first year of the new stadium. Exactly. Like you were bringing in revenue and everything that year. Like this isn't, now it's come to a point where like, if you're not willing to win right now, then you don't need to do this. You don't need to. You could sell the team. Take your $4 billion, whatever the team is worth, and live a happy life. Correct. Live a happy life. No one will bother you. Just all we ask is that you care, because you obviously don't. The Dodgers lost more money than you, but guess what? They went out and spent more money than you. That makes no sense. That shouldn't be like that. The Dodgers should have been the team that were all conservative, not the Yankees. I don't know. I, I just, I'm a little sick of the Steinbrenners. I never liked Hal and it's no, starting he's a, to he's a, he's a bozo. And, and it's clear to me that after the, um, you know, the pandemic season, when they, um, when they lost all the, um, the revenue at the gate. Right. And, and this is, I, I believe their primary source of income now, like it, it's, it's kind of like the Lakers. no, it's not. I'm learning about it in, in class. And this was it was fascinating to me when I when I learned about this. And this is why I got so heated about it. We were learning about where teams and, you know, all these industries. No, make no, their I, revenue. no, but hold on one second. I'm saying that the Yankees is their business. I don't think they have any other business interests outside the Yankees that are as full time as the Yankees. Oh, oh, yeah. OK, of course. Of course. I was saying but when it comes to revenue and this is why it's such. BS. Yes, the Yankees make a lot of money from tickets and everything, but at the same time, no. But it's 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 the yes, it's the yes cable it's network. The yes it's, network it's all is, those things, right? Yeah, the yes network is bringing in probably 
10 times the amount that you're getting from ticket revenue. The right. S network is getting to the, is becoming a monster, a yeah. monster. Like, like, I don't understand how they could say we lost this much money. Where the MLB ticket sales, the lost revenue from the total league wasn't even that crazy. It wasn't even that yeah. absurd. Like it was bad, but it wasn't absurd. And for you to say that, oh, we, we have to be extremely conservative because of this. No, you don't. You still made a profit from COVID. Don't tell me this. Maybe you lost $200 million in, in, uh, in net revenue, but you didn't lose money. Don't tell me that. No, I understand that. But it's different from the new kid on the block, Steve Cohen, who's got, you know, another business interest that's generating, you know, Billion dollars on billion dollars. And then he's got the Mets with SNY. It's not like that. Like the family business is the business. And I just don't think, you know, and and I think that to give them a little bit of credit, they went out to sign Cole. They did that, right? You know, they spent a lot of money there. They they took on a a large, you know, portion of Stanton's contract. And they're like, we've spent and it hasn't proven, you know, it, it hasn't given results. It hasn't shown results. And, and unless they're going to really lean into this and are super competitive about this team like their dad was, then it may be time for them to just get out. Cash out of your investment, and that's done. Because Michael Kay, who I don't like his radio show, but you do, but Michael Kay said on the radio, like, who are the blue chippers on the team? It's an expensive roster to have three blue chippers that two play every day. And one has been... And both, actually, that play every day have been very brittle at times. So, like, where are the blue chippers? I just – I think it's time for the Steinbrenners to sell because the Yankees have this arrogance, right? Whether it's the organization, whether it's the manager saying that the gap is closed, we're not – we're not in the lead on the gap, all right? We're lagging behind. That was ridiculous, but it's also the fans, and we're guilty of it as, you know, we're guilty of it as the fans, too, that we give them the benefit of the doubt. There's this arrogance that we have, and it's just not warranted because the Rays kick our ass all the time. The Red Sox, as I said, eliminated us two of the last four years, and the Blue Jays are coming. So, like, unless they're going to do something and really lean in to being ultra competitive where I don't think this ownership group is, I think it's time for them to sell cash out. And there's going to be somebody, you know, who's going to be willing to pony up for the New York freaking Yankees. Yeah. I, I don't give them credit for the coal signing whatsoever. I really don't because you have at to the end of the day, open up the checkbook for $324 million. No, 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 no. I, I get that. But at the same time, if they didn't do it, I mean, come on. They would be just they'd be killed. Well, they literally, they'd literally they would literally be destroyed by every single Yankee fan because they've been talking about this guy. This is the guy we want to. We've been trying again since 2013. Blah 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 blah. And you had the chance and you didn't do it. They would have had to forcefully sell the team because they would have been ran out of New York. The mafia would have came and killed them. Like literally. Like that would have it just would have happened because it was so stupid that they kept talking about this guy. Every single year, we're getting Garrett Cole. We're getting Garrett Cole. He gets to the free agency market. Oh, you know what? We didn't want to sign Garrett Cole. Like, that would have been crazy. So I don't really give him a ton of credit for that. And once again, that's just another thing for Cashman to just, like, 
Oh, let me let me just sign your check. That's not impressive. No one cares. But I like I also think about the Boone um the Boone um quote about the gap closing. Honestly speaking, when was the last time the Yankees were a World Series favorite? Are we gonna are we gonna like before the season started? Or even heading into the postseason, probably the early 2000s, they the 2001. Ameri- they were the American. They were the betting favorite to win the American League this year. The American League. That, that's too. not. That's not the World Series. That's the American League. That's not the American League. If you're the Yankees, when you could have said the gap is closing in the early 2000s because you were the flat-out favorite every single year. That is not the case anymore. And even the odds. They are if they are the favorite, it's by this, it's this much. It's this much. And I think we all know that's just Vegas. You can't always look at Vegas and go, okay, they're the best team. No, no, no. Everyone knew the Yankees were not the best team. God, the Rays, they were ranked fifth in in betting odds in the postseason. Fifth. Yeah, it's a how are they fifth? They are they just wiped the floor. Against the Red Sox, Randy Rosarena just stole home, stole yeah. home cleanly, and you're telling me that they were fifth in odds. Come, like you can't look at Vegas for this crap. You gotta look at a baseball fan and say, "Hey, what do you see from this team?" I think you can ask every single baseball team, and they'll tell you the White Sox are frauds, and it got exposed against the Astros. Everyone knows the Astros. They're a good team. The pitching isn't there really, but they're a good team offensively, and they'll probably get to the ALCS and they'll play the Rays, and it'll be a great series. You look at the NL West. I think you can ask any real baseball fan, and I've been saying it since the start of the year. I said the Padres and the Mets were not making the playoffs, even though they were supposed to. There are teams that you just know are frauds. The Yankees, frauds. Padres, frauds. Mets, frauds. There are just some teams that you know are not good. Even though on paper, they might have the 90 overall, dude, or whatever. It doesn't mean anything. You know who's a good baseball player. You do. So let me ask you this. All right, we'll, we'll, and we'll let you go on this. Um, we discussed the offseason wish list. What's realistic? What do you think is going to happen? I've been asked this so many times, and I, I, I really don't know. Because I don't know if they're going to be willing to go over the luxury tax. I really don't. So, look, ideally, I think you, you re-sign Rizzo. You try to get him on a, you know, two, three-year deal, relatively short. Like, you know, just try to keep it shorter. Because, to be honest, he only hit, like, 245 with, like, 20. So, I mean, he, you know, he wasn't that great. So, you can't really pay him too much. But I do love him. As a Yankee, I think he's amazing for the clubhouse. Every guy loved him. And him and Judge were like best friends. So, like, how could you not how could you not like that? But um, you can bring back Rizzo. Obviously, you got LeMayu. And then at short, I mean, I like Corey Seager a lot. But then I also like Trevor Story because Trevor Story is hungry. This guy hasn't played in the postseason. He's a hungry guy. I would love to have him. I think what's realistic is bringing back Rizzo. I think they're going to go bargain hunting at shortstop, um, and they're going to they're going to um, fire Aaron Boone. And I think that's pretty pretty much it. And then Cashman is going to be still doing his thing, and 
that's pretty that's pretty much it. I, I don't I don't see anything else really happening. I think they're gonna try and squeeze shortstop out of guys like Velasquez and and the the prospects. That's what I see happening. Yeah, no, I could definitely see it. And I mean, with Boone, and uh, honestly speaking, what's the wait? Why are we waiting? Why not? Why not start the interview process already? Why not? Like, honestly, like, like why are we waiting? Why hasn't this news come out already? Like, what's the point of waiting? You're just making it harder. We got a new CBA to negotiate. So we don't we don't need that on our minds. Like, we don't know. There could be a, a real lockout. There's a good possibility that there will be a lockout this year. And you might go into the season without a manager because you're waiting. Do it now. There are guys like Buck Showalter who is on the Yes Network. You don't understand how great, like, that just drives me nuts watching him on the Yes Network, giving this insight. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy is a freaking genius. Just freaking hire him already. And he's done it with the Yankees. He knows how to handle the pressure. He's the reason why they won four out of five years. He was the one who was managing those guys when they were young. So Buck Showalter is the dude. Mike Sosha could be the dude. What's the wait? Why are we waiting? Just get it over with. You'll make every single Yankee fan so much happier if you just do it now. Just do it now. Listen to your consumers. We're the one paying for Garrett Cole and Judge and Stanton. Fire Boone now and let's start this process. Let's give us time to interview, fully evaluate guys, and let's make the right decision. Well, I got the email from the Yankees brass saying that they wanted to discuss uh, season ticket packages. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, how about no? All right. Let's see what you do in the offseason before I, I, I even remotely consider this. But anyway, Andrew, always good to talk to you. RIP Yankee season. And um, we're going to have to figure out some Syracuse situation sometime this year. Uh, hopefully a basketball game. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks so much. Yep. Have a good one. See you. Thanks again to recurring guest Andrew Sender for coming on and eulogizing this Yankee season. 2021 Yankee season is over. Wasn't able to get Phil on this week because of technical difficulties. His house's internet went out. He's uh, a little bit in shambles right now, so we're going to give him a pass. We're going to get him back to talk about the Eastern Conference preview as I can't wait to dive headfirst into NBA season because that is your boy's bread and butter, as you very well know. That's episode 126. For the love of the game, take us out, gang star. Are you working? I'm working. All right, what is it you want to do when you grow up? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.